Cambridge Insider Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of the greatest higher education in the international sphere podcast going around. Co-host, Mr. Craig Betson, how are you? I'm doing uh, fantastic today. You gave us high praise today. It was a tongue twister. That's what I like to call it, a tongue twister. <laughs> I got a little, stuck on, a little stuck on my own words there. Uh, how's Seattle? Oh, very nice, very nice. It's sunny. We're in a fake, fake spring now, so which is very exciting. Always that time of year in the U.S. for any international students that are that are going to be coming to the to the country to study. It's that time of the year where you have a little false hope. You've come through a cold winter and a couple of days that are really nice, and then a couple of days that just give you a little dagger to the heart and remind you that we're not quite there yet. All right, um, excited about today. I feel like we're excited about every time we get to talk together. But you know, excited about today. We're going to be talking immigration bill. Um, and just to give a little concept, uh, a little context, I suppose, since the new administration took over, we've been eagerly watching and waiting on certain changes to come about specifically related to international education. Um, talk to me a little bit about this article that you sent me and with reference to the immigration bill that's possibly, hopefully, going to get passed. Yeah, I think, uh, actually, I think you had a an amazing transition that you didn't follow through on there of a little bit of a of a of a, fa- a fake spring in the political uh world here where we were kind of hoping that you know the biden administration would come in and fix everything right away um and that hasn't happened yet sadly um but they have done some very exciting things and introduced some exciting things that uh could move us forward. And and that's one of the things that we're talking about today is the immigration bill that was introduced. uh, And this is a wide ranging immigration bill that that does everything from uh, provides legal protection to dreamers to makes it easier for STEM students to stay after they graduate uh, with a doctorate or a master's degree. It is a let's see, this article has it at a 353 page bill. So it really goes into a lot of things of overhauling our immigration system. And you've gone through our immigration system and uh, I've helped my wife through it as well. So we know how cumbersome it can be at some times. But this bill itself has a couple of interesting things that would make international education, you know, easier and better moving forward. Okay, before we get kickoff, we might have some you know, international followers, listeners listening to this. When you talk about a bill, what do you mean? It still needs to get passed. It still needs to get made law. Just give a brief explanation for anybody that isn't versed in that. Yeah, that's great. Um, So, and you provided cover for yourself there because I know it's just you're asking for (laughs) clarification for yourself. Um, is, Is so this bill has been introduced. It has not passed either. I believe it has not passed either the House or the Senate yet. It needs to pass both, and then it needs to uh, go to the president's desk, and he signs it and implements it. I don't know if this is going to make it through the process, but it's a good starting place, and it is something that the president has has made a campaign promise, you know, to do this. It, it's just it's it's hard to pass political legislation in the United States, as we know. So, okay, so these are these are changes that could potentially happen. Obviously, there is a review from both the House and the Senate. 
I think what this does indicate, though, which is really important for all of our listeners, is that the administration, by putting together this bill and what this means for international education specifically, they are aware of some of the issues within the industry. They are aware of what we need to do to get the industry up and going, up and uh, you know, sort of up and running again. And, you know, this is a this is a I hear different numbers all the time, but this is a forty-two billion dollar a year industry. This is important economically for the country as well as for all of the students that we work with. So, all right, we've set that little con context with the bill. It's 353 pages. What are the specific things that our students, that our school administrators, that our school partners should be aware of? So this is so just a couple of things here. And we'll start with the changes to dual intent. Um, and that is the idea of when you enter the United States or when you apply for a visa, you need to only have one intent, right? You can't say, I am going to the United States with a plan on immigrating there if you're on a F-1 visa. And this means that you need to, when you get an F-1 visa, you are just going to study and then going back to your home country. This is important to us because it is one of the biggest reasons that F-1 visas are denied. So wait, explain this to me. I'm a little lost because... Um... F1 uh, visa students traditionally are allowed to study and then allowed to stay in the country post study to be able to do a couple internships, do a you know a couple of years of work. Is that what we're we're discussing here? Kind of. The problem is it's all about the word intent, as in your mind can change while you're in the United States, but you can't do it with the goal of moving to the United States. Okay, but does forget about if somebody has the goal. If they finish, let's say a high school student comes and completes, graduates from high school, goes to college, graduates with a great degree, that, would this bill have any fluctuate or, or any impact on that student being able to work? Yeah, because I think that's a big, you know, we talk about motivations for students. We talk about the US being that place that people want to come. A big part of that is that students have the ability to post you know, graduation from from college specifically be able to work in the country, which I think is a motivation for them to want to come to the US. Would this this likely proposal change that? Yes. Yeah. So that is the other change that we're going to discuss today is that they would also be expanding the postgraduate um, opportunities for studying when it comes to H-1B visas, getting green cards, getting everything. Uh, and it really would be fantastic to see these students have a better pipeline to becoming permanent residents. And this is something that we are losing the battle to Canada, to other countries in, because they are offering green cards to highly skilled workers that go through their education system. So if we were able to do that as well, it would be like a big boost to international education. Absolutely. It would be a boost for F1 students coming here from a high school level, but it would also be a boost to, and obviously the, the economic boost that that brings, but it would also be a boost long term because you have this human capital that's a very intellectual, that have these great qualifications that are able to stay and continue to contributing to, you know, to various businesses, become entrepreneurs, create that sort of economic uh, uh, turnover that we need in the country. That's an interesting one. Um, What's next? What's next on the ball? 
So those are the two main ones that come from uh, jump out at this bill right away. One of the things that we didn't discuss is the benefits to Vietnamese students coming. And this might be a boom is changing that dual intent provision. That is kind of the reason that a lot of Vietnamese students are uh, denied F-1 visas is that they say, oh, you have family there. We're concerned that you're actually going to go try and stay with your family. And by removing that dual in- or removing that single intent provision, that would then open the pipeline to easier access to Vietnamese and more expanding uh, expanded markets, as we call them, global markets, uh, mm-hmm. instead of just China or, you know, South Korea, but able to make it easier for people from Africa to come, people from South America, because you would not have that big deterrent of, oh, I don't know if I can get a visa. They're going to think that I'm going to go and try and stay. That would no longer be able to be something to uh, to pull out. And I think you make a very important uh, a point there about expanding the pool that we draw these students from for the industry as a whole to be sustainable. You cannot just continue to, for an extended period, draw from one country alone. We've seen with the you know, the political back and forth between the US and China that that might, might not always be the sort of uh, the only pool that we can draw from. So I think that's an important one. We do often field questions from, you know, partners that are saying, where are the students from, you know, Korea, Vietnam, expanded markets? This could potentially um, help us uh, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Mr. Betson. Any anything else? And, and look, I like I like this idea because, like I said in the beginning, this 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 shows the intent from the administration and and that they value international education. They value the the industry as a whole, which I think is important. I think there have been quite some changes, uh, quite a lot of changes that have taken place up to this point, and, and all of which have helped us. We've seen consulates reopen. Um, you know, students are able to schedule visas, and that's we've seen improvement in that. You know, as we move, uh, I, I read this week that the uh, you know by the end of May there should be enough COVID vaccines available at least for all adults in the United States. So again, that's another piece of the puzzle that we feel that we sort of hope that the administration would get right specifically because that will give more motivation for students uh, to be able to feel as if they can come here safely. Any final thoughts from your side? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just, I, I, I think I, I, I want to just go back into that um, fake spring idea that, that you mentioned earlier, or I mentioned earlier, and then we talked about is, I believe that spring is coming, right? Like the, the whole joke about fake spring is it's not spring yet, because you're going to go through a little bit more winter, but then spring does come. And I think what we're seeing right now is the, the beginnings of some legwork to the reinvigoration of this industry. And one of the things that we're talking a lot about Cambridge at Cambridge Network and everywhere is what is the industry going to look like when it returns? And it's not going to look like it used to. And we need to be able to understand and be moving forward based on, on that. And so on that note, I mean, you and I have a webinar that we're hosting that, uh, executive producer Dean can put in the show notes of to how to build sustainable programs in 2021 and moving forward, because that's what we're really going to need to be looking at moving forward. You know, all these changes and making it easier and more uh, seductive for students to come study here 
um, th these all help, but we also still have to be able to understand, you know, what makes our market special? How can we succeed in it? And how can we build strong programs? Absolutely well said. I had a, I had a, a mathematics teacher that used to say to me, uh, Fanika, you should adapt or die. So, you know, it didn't help much with my mathematics, but I feel like <laughs> schools should probably he heed the advice. And, you know, you really do need to adapt to a changing market because things are changing. And, you know, if you don't uh, adapt to, to what the changing market requires, uh, you know, that could very, very likely be the end of your program. Um, as always, we're bringing you strategies, cutting it edge information, insights into how to adapt into what's happening in the industry. No other agency is doing this. I can guarantee it. Uh, if you have questions, reach out to us. Craig's still waiting uh, for some for some fan mail, for some questions to come along. Um, executive producer Dean will post both the reminder of the webinar as well as the um, article that we referenced in today's episode uh, in the show notes. Final thoughts, Mr. Batson. Anything as we say goodbye? No, nothing. Give me that spring. Let's make it nice. That's, it. That's what I'm talking about. To all of our listeners, thank you so much. Remember to like, share, comment. And we will uh, chat to you again soon. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.